This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football is often a source of headaches, but none more so than in a transfer window when you find yourself between a rock and a hard place. The Danny Johnson conundrum continues to provide debate, and tonight we'll delve right into that and try to evaluate the pros and cons of the situation. That is, of course, if it hasn't already been solved. FYI, a little peek behind the curtain, I'm actually recording this intro on Tuesday night. We'll also look back on our one or draw with Crew Alexandra from Saturday afternoon and throw in some transfer talk too, as we say bon voyage to George Lapsley and bonjour to yet more new faces. As always, we want you to get involved in the comments of the live feed. You know what to do by now. Come and have your say on anything Mansfield Town related. We'll read it out and discuss it during the show. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Right, time to find out whether two days really is a long time in football and whether I've just spent the last five minutes of my life making an absolute idiot of myself talking about things which have changed. Probably. Who am I kidding? Things were never going to change, were they? Mansfield weren't going to make another signing unless they shipped to load out and they haven't done that either. Hello, good evening. And welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans, the place for you to come and have your say on your team. Well, what a week it's been, a uh, one-all draw uh, at home, sending off, uh, not a bit of controversial transfer news and much, much more in between. All of that to delve into tonight, including, of course, the Danny Johnson saga. Can we find a solution to it ahead of the trip to Northampton? on Saturday afternoon. Well, there's only one way to find out, isn't there? And that is by introducing some other Stags fans and having a good old chinwag all about it. As always, come and have your say on your team in the comments of the live feed. And if you listen to the audio version of this, make sure you follow our social media channels to find out when we're next going to be live so you can join in the discussion as it happens. Right, let's say hello and figure out who we're going to be speaking to tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast panel. We've now got a plethora of uh, panellists that we can pick from all uh, all year round. And let's start tonight with the man who's got more shirts than Primark and the latest signing to the Mansfield Matters podcast. We thought he's been on so many times as a guest. We'd make him an official member of the team by inviting him to the group chat. A decision I'm sure he already regrets. Evening, Nick. 
My, my phone's never gone off so much in one day. I thought it was popular, but it wasn't. It was just that. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, what you've seen so far is mild. So strap yourselves in. There's a long way to go. Uh, well, we've signed a little bit of youth, but in every dressing room needs that little bit of experience. So let's say hello, good evening to Mr. Clive Parkin. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody else. Uh, we also need uh, a man who is always jolly and bright about the place and a man who is getting more and more like a granddad every single day because this week he's welcomed another member to his brood. It's granddad Alan Wilson. Congratulations, mate. Thank you, Craig. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And last but by no means least, the man who decided to join 30 seconds after the intro had started, so we couldn't even test his connection or say hello to him. Here he is. It's Cam Felton. Hello. Um, none of your stuff was coming through. I could hear everything coming through my computer, except Restream wasn't sending anything. <clears throat> For whatever reason, you ended up, and then I played around, and you was very quiet, so I've had to close Restream and reboot it, and it seems fine. So, Well, there you go. Do you know, do you know what? Fun. Yeah, well, you know what people would say, don't you? What? Turn up on time. Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's delve into all things Mansfield Town related. Also, uh, we were expecting Nathan Edge to uh, pop on like he did last week. I believe that he's had his delivery of his internet router. But those who follow him on social media will realise today that his life is just about to get a whole lot busier again with Mini Edge number two now on the way. So congratulations, Nathan, from all of us at Mansfield Matters. We now know what it was you were doing when you weren't on for quite a long time earlier this year. Honestly, sometimes... It's what happens when you don't have internet. Exactly. There you go. You Cancel have to do it yourself instead of watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, let's uh, leave that there. It's a family show, Cameron. Family show. Uh, let's... <laughs> Come on. Series six. You know, we've got competitors on the market now. We need to keep it family friendly. Uh, right. Let's delve into uh, all things Mansfield Town, shall we? Where shall we start, Nick? Shall we go with... Last Saturday's performance, George Maris's red card, the departure of George Lapsley, the arrival of Louis Reed, or shall we delve straight in at the deep end and talk about the DJ? I think you've got to go straight DJ, haven't you? I think. I feel that's where it's at. I'm trying to forget Saturday because we didn't lose, but it was almost forgettable by the time he got to the car. It was one of those days, I think. Um, so, yeah, DJ, you've got to play him. That's my opinion on it. I think there's going to be a bit of a consensus on that. But I also have the feeling that he's already gone, if that makes sense. I yeah. Clough's, Clough's words were very strange, and I think it got filtered via a lot of Warsaw fans, a lot of Stags fans, a lot of Colchester fans. And I think everyone kind of came up with a conclusion that there's some sort of games being played by Mr Clough somewhere and that he probably won't play because mm. his, his kind of consensus was, if I don't play, let's let's leave it a week and let's not play him on Saturday and see what happens. That That isn't what you say if you want to keep him. You know, if you wanted to keep him, you'd put, say, no, he's not for sale. He's playing Saturday, end of discussion. But Clough saying, well, we're going to keep the window. And we don't want, if we play him on Saturday, he can't play for anybody else. Or why does it matter? It doesn't matter, does it, if he's going to play for us? But So I think he should play, but I, I don't think he won't. I, I don't think he will, sir, and I don't think he'll play again. The interesting one for me, Clive, was, you know, we put a, a vote on our social media. I've tried to have a little look at what people are saying on social media. I get annoyed after a little while. Um, but we put a vote on our Twitter, um, over 100 votes. It was, I'll read the tweet as, as we put it. 
tough on this. There were clearly reasons why he was loaned out. Initially, he was actually sold, but we did a U-turn. He's exactly what we need, but would go back into. Would you go back into an organisation where you weren't seemingly wanted? Also, what does that say to others in the squad? And the vote was stay and play or cash in and move on. Forty-nine percent said stay and play. Fifty-one said cash in and move on. I have never known. Um, something as tight of that which is splitting opinions because there is no middle ground from what I've seen Clive I don't know about you people are either in camp move on Danny or camp Danny you're the hero where are you I'm uh, I'm between the two in all fairness on the one hand I think we've underutilized somebody's talent Um, but I'm quite prepared to believe there's such a chemical toxicity between the player and the club, that that makes the future very un- unlikely. What's changed a little bit in the last week is um, we brought him back and on the basis of that, we've got an asset we could sell. But he's thrown a spanner in the works, seemingly, by saying he doesn't want to sign anywhere for more than a short-term contract until the end of the season. Well, who's going to buy him on those on that basis? And if they are going to buy him, what sort of fee would Mansfield Town get? And if you're not going to get any real financial advantage from letting him go somewhere else, Mm -hmm. then the decision becomes easier. Keep him. Even if you don't play him, keep him. But I'd I'd like to see him get a run out. I know he had a behind-the-closed-doors run out against Barnsley in the week for half a game. Um, It'll be interesting. I think Clough is holding his... um, keeping his powder dry on Saturday because once we play him, then nobody but Warsaw or ourselves can buy him. And that limits our options even further. So I understand why he's doing that. I'm probably I think gonna there's come... an awful lot of ball fluff being spoken by uh, Mr. Clough. Mm, yeah, as usual. I'm probably going to become a very unpopular person later on in this show from people at Mansfield Town. Yeah, shut up, you. Um, from people <laughs> at Mansfield Town, because I'm not going to hold back when I talk about how wrong this whole situation is and how bad it is as a business but before we do that let's inject ourselves with some positivity Alan can usually provide that what's your take on the whole Johnson situation Alan are you wanting to see him lining up in a stag shirt on Saturday afternoon or are you thinking let's let him go and 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 shake hands and and say thank you very much see you later I'd like to see the fox in the box back it just made me laugh when, uh, you know, it, it made it half made my mind up. I, I always like the youth. If he can score a goal, is well, uh, you know, let's have him back at Mansfield. Why not? He scored 14 for Warsaw, and nobody's saying that he can't score another 14 for us and help us to get where we want to be. But Nigel said that when he was training, he came back, you know, and it, it weren't integrating into the play much. But then in the six yard, mm-hmm. right, he got half a chance, bang it, rim bottom corner. And that's what we've been missing. The times that the ball has come across the area and there's nobody either sliding in or whatever, he's the man to put the ball where it needs to be in the back of the net. And I say, give him a go. I'm saying he won't come back and score 14 goals. That I'm the one that's going <laughs> yeah, to well, fight against it. Uh, let's we'll go to the comments in just a second. Keep them coming in on all things, Danny Johnson. Ah, there's a fair few Warsaw fans that have nibbled to uh, some of the stuff that, that's going on. Cam, social media is always a dangerous place at this time of year. But what about the Nigel Clough interview? There was a 10-minute section of his interview from, from the week where he spoke specifically about Danny Johnson. And a little bit like Clive, I was left pulling my hair out at uh, some of the things he was saying because 
it did they did seem to be an underlying layer of ball fluff as Clive uh, put it what's your take on uh, what you heard Cam if indeed of course you've you've watched it which I'm sure you have yeah um it's always it's always a difficult one to comment on because of Clough because he's he doesn't speak straight to the point it's always in some sort of um sort of like just tries to avoid the question a lot of the time and tries to sort of like keep under wraps everything that's going off and obviously with with George Lapsley going out and talking about other players sort of like coming in and talking about oh they could be one or or whatever it's never a Oh yes, we we definitely want more in, but it's always a, oh one's a possibility, and it's just it's never straight to the point. So when it's something like like Danny Johnson, it's regardless of whether it was it's the here and now or whether it's back in uh, back in the summer when he was initially sort of like rumored to be going out, it, no answer was ever straight to the point. <clears throat> And obviously the media doesn't help. Apparently he got a bid turned down from Colchester because he, well, a bid accepted, but he refused to go to Colchester because realistically he wants to go to Colchester. Awful place. But if the club have turned down a bid from Walsall, <coughs> then surely Clough would just be better, especially because of the how the media were <coughs> things. Why not just say, oh, we've had a, we've turned down a bid. We've it, just sort of like stop playing into these rumours because... Being vague in his answers is just fueling all these rumours further. And there's a new source popping up every day saying Johnson's off the wall, so Johnson's doing this, Johnson's doing that. It's like, how many of them are actually true? It's like all these uh, articles that are popping up here and there and everywhere on social media at the minute about how much players are being paid. It's a load (laughs) of crap. And certain certain publications need to take that into a matter and stop publishing them. And well, unless that, they can provide the, the a, a true source, of course. Well, exactly. But this source isn't true. It's been defunct by other clubs already. But Johnson's falling into this part of thing, and it's like realistically, if we were paying him that much money, would we want to keep him on, on the books if he actually wasn't keep wanted? Realistically. I think there's an element as well that Clough's rewriting history a little bit at the moment to suit the state of play. He said in his interview that had the injury to uh, Oaks happened a week before mm-hmm. that it did, he would not have let um, Danny Johnson go out on uh, initially as a sale and ultimately as a loan to another team in our league. Now, it's easy to say that now. Mm-hmm. There was never any evidence of that at the time. And the problem is, there's an awful, you pick up on Cam's point, there's an awful lot of rumour that people turn into truth. And there's lots of rumour about bad chemistry at the club, that Danny was a sulky little sod. And I can buy that, but we don't know. Nobody really knows except the people involved. Hmm. Some people have told me that other players didn't get on with him because of his bad attitude. I'll buy it, but nobody really knows. And, and I'm not close enough to anybody on the playing staff to, to get any... Horse's mouth information. Now you see, I disagree with that because over the last week you've been playing with 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 information <laughs> a few days before, which has come true. Well, I'm just clairvoyant. <laughs> oh. I've, I have a good contact, but they're not. It's not a contact on the playing staff. So you know, I have to say that uh, you know, ultimately, the next time I forecast something, it'll be completely wrong. But I've had a good run this week, including the result. 
forecast on, <laughs> on Saturday. But I, I do think the more you listen to Clough, the less you understand what's going on. And I think that's probably deliberate on his part. And I have some empathy here because as a manager of a football club that's in the transfer market, you don't want to be telling the world what you want to try and achieve because that just changes the negotiation. The more hungry you appear to be, the more you end up paying. Sorry, Craig, who who found it to surprise about Louis, Louis Reed? I hadn't heard anything about that. Well, I, I heard it two days before it happened, so it, it oh. wasn't it wasn't out of the blue, but it was kept fairly closely under wraps, which he wanted yeah. to be. To be fair, yeah. Um, I have say, to say, just to why we've got uh, you know we are being a little bit negative at the moment, but I thought the three uh, acquisitions this week have been very good, um, potentially very good. We've not seen two of them really really in action, but I have to say, if there's anything like uh, Callum Johnson's performance. Bear in mind, he travelled eight hours down, had about three hours training with the club and then turned out and he was arguably the best player on the field. I thought Wallace was better, but he, he was given the man of the match award quite deservedly, in my opinion. He did nothing wrong and he had an assist. So if the other two match up to that start, um, I think it's been, it's been good business. Uh, I have no grouse at all with the two lads going. They've gone to suit their own best interests. That will always happen. However disappointed we are to be losing Lapsley and Hawkins, it's life. It certainly is. We'll delve into that a little bit more later on. Let's go to some of your guys' comments. As always, if you want to get involved, feel free to do so. Roger says, DJ definitely should stay and play. Uh, Ashley asks, any new players coming in? Um, Kevin says, we need DJ. Well, we need a DJ. Now, Ollie Hawkins left. He was the one that did the DJing in the dressing room. Uh, Paul says, if DJ doesn't play Saturday, think he might be gone. But uh, where to and who to? Who knows? Uh, Roy says he's never really had the chance. If he wants to stay, get him in the side. He score goals, end of. Can Clough manage the player? That's the situation. Now, Nick, one thing for me, I said earlier on that I was going to um, um, sort of maybe make myself a little bit unpopular uh, with certain people at the club. But this podcast is all about fans having their say and giving their opinion on um, on goings off at the club. I'm going to have to say that um, the whole Danny Johnson saga is bad business. It is really bad business. I don't understand really what, what's happened. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I'm not saying that this is the case for Mansfield, but it certainly rings true across a lot of football league clubs. I was listening to the diary of a CEO uh, with Stephen Bartlett from Dragon's Den. His guest was David Moyes, who was talking about his time at Manchester United, and he was talking about his time at other clubs, whereby owners of football clubs would not interfere, that's the, probably the wrong word, but they would have their say on signings. And we're not just necessarily talking, yes, we'll sign the cheque. He was talking about owners suggesting people that maybe had scored X amount of goals in similar leagues for, for other clubs or players that they liked the look of. And sometimes it can be difficult to say no to a suggestion from an owner. And therefore, there becomes a pressure to play Johnson. Now, when or any other player in that situation, when Johnson came in, he, you know, didn't really suit the Clough mould anyway, was partnered originally with Ollie Hawkins, 
as a as a front two, and it works to a degree. Hawkins then moves to the back, and Johnson gets injury, gets an injury, and doesn't really get himself into the side. But he was fit again, probably around February time, and didn't really get a look in. I don't necessarily think that if he came back now, that a he'd potentially want to be back in that dressing room where it's clear that the manager doesn't really fancy him. Be that he'd get anywhere near regular football that he's been getting at Warsaw. I think even anyone can sort of say that listening to Nigel Clough's comments, if he were to come back into the fold, he wouldn't be first choice. He'd be third or fourth. We know how Nigel Clough operates. And see, he wouldn't necessarily continue his vein of form that he's been on at Warsaw because we play completely different football. Surely the best situation for all involved is to to let him go and cash in on him. Because if we don't, we're going to lose him in the summer anyway for sod all. It's bad business. Like, there's something which doesn't quite sit right for me. Is this a case where we've, we have a club, Nick, have got to sort of hold our hands up and go, we got this one wrong, we take it on the chin. Or do we, with the week or so that's left, do a little bit more to act and stop being stubborn on the asking price? I think it's strange business. I don't necessarily think it's bad business. I think the... The fact I, I agree with you that I don't think Clough's going to play him. I don't think he's going to play again. I think he'll go. I think we're leaving it a little bit late because other clubs are now signing players. You know, Carlisle was a rumour and they've signed um, Garner yesterday. Other clubs are signing strikers. So we are kind of wheezing down to the last couple of clubs who might actually buy him. Whereas maybe three weeks ago, if we had no intention of playing him, there was probably five or six clubs who could have bought him at the time. Whereas now, I think there's maybe only one or two who would buy him. And I honestly think that it might be Warsaw or Bust, which is actually what mm. Clough said a while back before <clears throat> DJ came back. Um, so if it is just Warsaw, then we're leaving ourselves a bit open to them just going either, well, we'll wait till the end of the season or we'll offer you pittance on the last couple of days and we're forced to sell him. So I, I think it's strange business because we, the club should have had a word with Clough and go, are you going to play this man, yes or no? If the answer is you're not going to play him, then we're going to sell him. If the answer is yes, then we don't need to worry about selling him. So I, I think it's strange and it doesn't seem that the commercial aspect of the club and the management side are necessarily on the same page because I think you should just identify you're going to play him or not. If you're not, sell him. Um, but it seems like we're in this weird mid-world where Clough might play him, but he might not. And we might sell him, but we might not. And he might just leave on a free but he might not. It's a very strange... It's normally you know whether they're going or not. You know, Lapsley, it seemed like we were we were going to lose him anyway, so that was kind of a known one. Yeah. Whereas this is a bit of a weird... There's four or five scenarios, but I don't see us winning in any of them unless he plays mm. and scores goals. You know, I have to say... For the rest of the season on three, four grand a week, which is what Clough said he was on when he did that yeah. weird interview last season, saying that the Radfords told him, basically, you're not going to pay him on that wage, he's got to go. Um uh, yeah, you can't just have him sat on the bench. So we've either got to sell him or, or play him, one or the other. I have to say, Cam, I think our old commentary mate, Wils, Lee Wilson, in the comments has uh, hit the nail on, on the head. Johnson now holds all the cards. And the thing which is making it even more tricky is the fact that Clough has been opening his interview, Cam, and said that Johnson will go to Warsaw, but he'll only go for six months. He'll go anywhere which is the right club, but he'll only go for six months, which again is a red flag to me because that probably suggests that he's already got to move a pre-contract sign somewhere with someone else in the summer. 
Yeah, you'd have thought so. It's just, it's a really strange situation to be honest. Because yeah, if you've not if you've not got a club already, so it's like yeah, has he got somewhere nailed down already? If so, nobody's going to take him for six months unless Warsaw decided they were just going to take him on loan again. But we're not realistically we're going to want to sell to a promotion rival, which essentially what I think it boils down to. As regards whether it will go back to Walsall or not specifically, I think he could he could go most places in this league, but it, it boils down to whether we'd want to then end up coming a cropper to him later in the season. If we do sell him right now, the advantage of selling him right now would be extra money to bring in X, Y, Z player, whoever, because he would command a fee. He's in form. Cam, there's no there's no chance we'll get a fee for him now. I, well, I, it's, well, I agree. Uh, no worthwhile fee will be forthcoming because as, a, as an acquisition, he, he doesn't have enough asset value to the club that will take him. Well, they're going to have to let him go on a free cam because if he does, if we don't sell him in this window, he will leave at the end of his contract at the end of this season on a free. I'll say I if think... he went, then all we're going to get is whatever his wages we'll I just get. Sorry to keep interrupting you, Cam, but I think right. we've had two fees paid this last week for the Gillingham transactions. That's taken a little bit of the financial pressure off having to sell him to find a fee for him. I think to a certain extent, I think we are now in a situation where we're not going to get anything in the way of a fee for him. We can afford his wages till the end of the season. Let's see if we can make use of him. I, I know that's channel... probably not a popular view, but that would be my view. I think Cam might be channel... right there when you talked about the reason why we accepted the Colchester offer and not the Warsaw one is because Colchester are about 20 places further down. <laughs> you know, if mm. if somebody like a Gillingham came in with more money, I'd pro- we'd probably accept it and let him go, wouldn't we? Yeah, that's that's true. I think you know, there is a business element to it and, you know, not selling to your rivals. But my counter-argument to that would be, well, he's been with them for six months anyway. So I don't see it makes too much of a difference. I'm going to uh, channel my inner... Alan Wilson and try and put a positive spin on on this. He is, you know, he technically could be uh, a, a Mansfield player for the remainder of the season and come and have some impact. But I think we need to look at it from a different point of view. I think we need to not look at it as bad business, which I always believe. I, I think it is. I think we, we've we've made errors in in the dealings what we've what we've done on this occasion. But we have to move on from that. I think we have to look at it in this way, and that is, as we all do, Alan, with Mansfield Town, and that is the word expectancy, by which I mean he's been out on loan. He's bagged, what did you say, 14, 15 goals for Warsaw? 14 league goals, I think. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's done relatively well in there, but they play a completely different way to what Mansfield play. Are we expecting him? to come back in and replicate his form for Warsaw. Because if we are, I think we need to let ourselves, we need to wake up a little bit and smell the coffee. If we're not, and we're just bringing him back in as a player, then I don't see too much of an issue. Do we need to be wary, Alan Wilson, of uh, over-expectancy and expecting Johnson to come in and pick up where he's left off? Yeah, there is that. I mean, there was the expectancy of results firing on all cylinders when he got fit. And it's just going to have to take him time. And it would be the same, I, I imagine, for anybody who came in, whether it was Danny Johnson or whoever it was. But I just personally, it's only my personal opinion, I would like to see the, the lad go up front and see if he can start bagging a few goals. If he can't and it fails, 
what have we really lost? If he's going in the summer anyway, I know we could sell him now and, you know, free up his wages. But if he starts banging the goals in, who's to say, you know, it's a, a good bit of business? I think what we've lost, I think Clough said it last season, is about four grand a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> comment, but I just think give the, give the lad a chance. That's my first yeah. opinion. The thing I, is, the club have entered into a contract of employment with this person and therefore they have to honour it in the absence of someone coming along and paying a sensible fee to relieve us of that obligation. I think I those... That, sorry, to be, sorry, let me finish my line on this one, Craig. The reality is that Johnson has all the advantages now of being a free agent in the summer and not prepared to sign a long-term contract. Because I think you're probably right. I think he's already entered into... His agent's already got one or two things in mind for the next season. But this player now needs to be in the shop window if he wants to maximise his value wherever he goes. So I think he he has an incentive to play, whether it's for us or Warsaw or someone else until the summer. So I think that's the only, the only advantage we can use is to get him in our shop window. They've just scored half a dozen goals or more between now and the end of the summer. And then there'll be clubs who want to pay more for him or pay more wages to him, to be more precise, next year than they might ordinarily have done. That's yeah, a positive spin. There's so many different angles to it. I think my final overarching thoughts on it are, I don't know what you think to this, Nick. Clough, when we got, I say got rid of him in the first place, when we loaned him out, Clough was clear that he wasn't in his plans. He's come out in the last week and so and said, well, if Oates didn't get injured, we, we, if Oates had got injured a week early, we'd have kept him. I, I don't buy, buy that. I think he's just trying to buy himself a little bit of... Uh, um, ground back to to fill the hole that he uh, he left when he said it, um, but even so, I, I don't think Clough rates him in his top sort of three four strikes. I think he'd rather play Aikens and Bowery um, ahead of him. Um, but the the question is, from a personal point of view, if you were Danny Johnson, um, would you want to go back into a working environment and see out a contract where you are? clearly not wanted from the management because I'll tell you this four weeks ago I was in exactly the same situation I was contracted somewhere until the end of March I'd already been told that I wasn't getting my contract renewed and I can tell you this it does not motivate you to work and problems will only worsen if you were Danny Johnson with exactly that that situation hanging over your head, Nick, from what we can see from the outside. We don't know the inside, of course. But in that scenario, would you want to put on a Mansfield Town tracksuit? Would you want to turn up to training? Would you want to play for the Stags? Or would you be doing everything in your power to get that move and to get out while you could? I think it I mean, every football is different. I've been lucky to meet a few recently and some are some love football and would absolutely want to play every week and be loved and adored, and others just don't care what colour shirt they're putting on. Um, so it kind of depends what he's about. If it was me personally, I'd rather play for Warsaw because they seem to adore him and they play him up front and he just runs around and does what he wants, puts the ball in the net. But it might not be as simple as that. The difficult thing for me is Clough has never, that I can think of, when he's made a decision on somebody, it's very rare that he then goes back and changes his mind and sort of goes back on himself. This would be the first time I can think of where he's made one of his cluffisms and somebody's mm -hmm. outcast and they've been... I can't think of anyone else who's been brought back. They either leave or, you know, when, when he made his mind up that Hawkins was a defender, that was it. When he made his yeah. mind up this season that O'Toole wasn't good enough, that was it. He doesn't play. Um, 
I can't I can't see him coming back. And if I was him, I think I'd rather be at Warsaw. But like Clive said, you've got to you've got to be he's got to be playing if he wants to maximise what he's going to get paid next season. If he has another half of this season like he had the other half of last season where he didn't play, you know, he's he's going to lose a couple of grand a week off his wages. But if he comes back to Warsaw maybe and scores but again it's where he thinks he fits best in the team and from Clough's interview where he mentioned Aikens and Bowery about five or six times um, that they were also in the fray you know he's probably competing with one maybe at Warsaw to start whereas at Stags it seems like he's competing with four plus we play one up front sometimes um, yeah, you know, that's got to be in yeah. his mind as well that if we're playing one up front he's got to get ahead of Swan Aikens Bowery and um, Oaks so I think if he got a good offer and we accepted it, I think we all probably know he'd be going back to Warsaw. Yeah, I think the final thing to talk about, Alan, is the fact that um, the three-club rule, which Nigel Clough has mentioned, anybody expecting him to be involved on Saturday, I think it's probably a long shot. I think there's more... There's you've probably got about as equal chance of winning the lottery than in being involved on Saturday. Purely because, of course, the, the three-club rule is you can't play for more than two clubs in, in one season. He hasn't played for us uh, this season, which means that, you know, at this current point in time, as we speak on the 19th of January at four minutes past eight, he is available to any club out there within the Football League. So, therefore, his value... Uh, to us as a business is much, much higher because the options are more. If he were to play for us on Saturday or even be named in the match day 18 on Saturday, the only clubs he can play for between Saturday and the end of the season, if that were the case, are us and Warsaw. And that therefore, if we didn't want him, would play right into Warsaw's hands. So we have to be really cautious. And for me, whether or not we decide to keep him, all those conversations that will go off behind the scenes need to be made and need to be stretched until the end of January, leaving all clubs and all parties the most options out there. If it gets to the end of January, nobody's coming for him with a, a, a bid that we see as good enough or that he sees personally as good enough, so be it. But I think we've got to be a little bit patient on that front as well, other than the fact that we can't tie ourselves in knots. Otherwise, that's another classic example of Mansfield Town taking that creek without the paddle. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to say, if you listen to Nigel's uh, interview, which I'm sure most people have, you know, he did say about that, didn't he? He said, you know, what would be another week? Another week wouldn't make a deal of difference. So you can see his point of view on that score. But like you said, I think he has made his mind up as, you know, like Nick said, that is is behind two or three strikers anyway, or by the looks of things. But I just, like I say, it's only my opinion, but I really would give the guy a chance because he knows where the net is and that's what we need. It might gee a few others up as well if you start scoring. But it's only well, my yeah. opinion. If he does come in and you know, if he does come in, we'll get behind him as we do with every Mansfield Town player. Personally, I just don't see it, and I think that's the, no. the the perfect place to end this part of the conversation is by going around all five, yes or no answer. Do you think Danny Johnson will be a Mansfield Town player until the end of this current season? And if so, will he be a Mansfield Town player who is involved? Nick, yes or no? No. Clive? Yes. And 
Cam? No. And Alan Wilson? I'd like to think so. Yes. And there we go. As always, five people on the panel and we still are sat on the fence. Uh, right, let's delve into some <laughs> final comments uh, on all things Danny Johnson. Glenn, I'd personally keep him. He knows, where the, he knows where the onion bag is. So let's go three up front and go for it. Uh, Roy outscored 12 goals last season. Johnson scored 14 in half a season. Facts speak for themselves. Who's the best? I, I get what you're saying with the comment, Roy, but also Warsaw play a completely different way to what we do. I don't think Johnson will replicate that, which is what I was saying earlier. Mitchell says, most informed strikers definitely, uh, most informed striker definitely, thank you, sit him this Saturday, uh, honestly, to try and sell. Uh, but after that, yes. And he starts for us. Uh, where else I miss? Uh, Kevin, it's like the player that went from Bradford to Swindon, then back to Swindon uh, in Doyle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jamie, the problem is if he plays on Saturday, we're running the risk of three from Absolutely. And uh, to finish it off, Will says, if I, were, if I were him, I'd want a payoff from the Stags to go. Got the club, all ends up. Absolutely right. Let's move on and talk transfer business. Let's uh, almost swing the pendulum in, into a little bit of the negative zone, then we'll swing it right back to the positive. Of course, Saturday, uh, Cam, George Lapsley was paraded. He wasn't in the stag side, bearing in mind at two o'clock he was still a Mansfield player. He wasn't in the 18. He wasn't anywhere to be seen at the one call stadium because he was being paraded around the pitch at Gillingham. Now, I have to say, from a Gillingham perspective, that is very, very naughty. Yeah, I, d I presume that it was all 100% confirmed as per league and registration and everything. So that'll be the only thing that I could think of. But it's... it's... Are you trying to say that our communications team didn't communicate quickly enough? Oh, shock horror. Um, no, to be fair, it's not. It's, it's, it's not them I just think it'll just be a case of the two clubs will have agreed when to do it but I think it's very snaky very snaky and I think that's what that's that's the overall overriding feeling and opinion from fans on social media that Hawkins has gone and everything's been fine and he's done a big thank you post and everything but it was all done and dusted by then. Lapsley's yeah. gone and quite clearly gone for the money because at this moment in time, that's a big backward step in his career. It's a, it is a, it is a, yeah. They're in a relegation, a major, they are the, statistically the worst team in the Football League and he's just gone and signed for them, which makes me think, right, oh, he's gone from for the money because they've got big new rich owners and fair play to him. And most people would, but it's just like when when supposedly Ipswich Derby was sniffing around him, and he's gone. Oh no, I'll take take the easy route, and I'll take the I'll take the money. So that's what it simply boils down to, and what it comes across like simply by taking that option. But it, it doesn't look very good at all. It's it's reflected badly on him. But, didn't, didn't he come from down that way as well? Yeah, he's from. Originally, yeah, so I mean, that might yeah. have had a bit of an input. Can Surely... I just say, neither Hawkins, nor Lapsley, nor Gillingham Football Club have done anything wrong. 
uh, you see, I I slightly disagree with that. I think you know the, the more should have been done to uh, uh, to get that communication message out before match day, parading him around the pitch as a new new signing. Because I'm sure the articles were saying it's yet to be confirmed. I think that's a little bit below the belt. But regardless of that, Nick, it's a backwards move, isn't it, for him? There's only one. There's only one reason he's gone there, and that's bank balance. Yeah, I mean, if you compare it to the season we got relegated in 2007, do you think that in January 2007, when we were in the relegation zone, that one of the best midfielders of a team in the playoffs would have come to us? No, they wouldn't. But that's because we were lining their pockets with multiple wads of cash. Uh, I've got no issue with it. It is what it is. We've been paid for it. He's gone. He was going to go for free in the summer. I've got no issue with it. The parading thing's a bit weird just because it wasn't announced. It was weird to see him in a Gillingham shirt while technically... According to every statistical piece you could find, he was still a Stags player. But, um, yeah, I've got no issue with him going. Same with Hawkins. If they're going to go for the money, at least we know they've gone. And they've not gone to a rival. And we've got a bit of cash that we wouldn't have got in six months' time. And we've replaced them within a day. So, you know, I'm not not massively despondent about that, if I'm honest. They weren't out of the blue, were they? Let's be honest. You know, Mansfield transfers usually are out of the blue. And you go, oh, that's a bit disappointing that they've left. But this one was a bit like, you know, we've been talking about it on here, haven't we, for weeks? Um, yeah. And I think the club obviously knew that. We got Reed in, which seems to be, he's not exactly a direct replacement, but in terms of quality, he can't be far off. Um, but Gillingham signed, have they signed two more today? I've seen they've certainly signed another another two over the last couple of days. So they really are throwing it around. Who have we let, who have we let go, go now? Bowery and, uh, Bowery and Akins? <laughs> not not <laughs> no, from us. That, that was a dream. Oh, okay. okay. That was a dream. Okay. I mean, yeah, Gillingham have got a big right. wallet and they're mind-sweeping. Let them get on with it. It won't necessarily save their season, but they've got to try something. And they've got a man with a load of money. And I don't blame them for one minute in trying to buy uh, salvation. And we no. would do exactly the same in their position. And the fact that the timing of the showboating down at the ground was a bit unfortunate. We've known he's been going for over a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, my contact told me that he and Hawkins were joining Gillingham on the Tuesday of last week. And it became public on the Thursday. So I don't think there's an awful lot wrong in what they've done. It might be a bit distasteful, but come on, what's football about if it's not distastefulness? I'm going to say, when he wasn't in the squad, I just thought, you know, that's it anyway. And, and Clifford said, the man's, you know, moving on. Yeah. His agents worked very diligently on his behalf. Yeah, they did. And I think it's... I think... Um... One of the things which you know we need to take a positive from is we've we've got a, a wad of cash for him. We've boosted the bank account a little bit, and we've also brought a good player in from Swindon, Allen in uh, yeah. Louis Reed. Personally, don't, but personally, you know, great that we've got him in. Um, good that we've brought a midfielder in. Um, still, don't think we needed a midfielder. We could have spent the money on a striker, but uh, he's a good good player, and I look forward to seeing what he can do and uh, if he can you know, replicate half of what Lapsley achieved in his Mansfield career, I think we'll all be pleased with uh, the dealings. It's come with rave reviews, hasn't he? I mean, player of the season last year. I know he's not been hitting the heights this year, but uh, fair play to it, lad. If he wants to play, if he's not getting game time at Swindon, and obviously it, there must have been something to do, you know, with David Sharp because he is quite uh, averse with the... Uh, on the people that look after them, isn't it? Like he was Johnson, you know, agents. That's the word I'm after. Mm. It's an age thing. <laughs> agents. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's 
I mean, fair play to him. Let's see what he can do. How interestingly, Duff said in his interview that had Hartigan not been injured, he wouldn't have bought him. Well, honestly, if Hartigan is an example of superiority at this level, I've, I don't understand football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cam, how much money have you got on uh, Louis Reed uh, being in either A, injured or B, played at centre-back within three weeks? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, I think, to be honest, on the, the whole signing thing, I think it's a good acquisition. I think if you're going to lose one, you've got to replace one, especially when you've got Clark, who's touch and go whether he's going to be back in the next week or week after. But then you've got Hartigan that you know is out definitely at least till the end of the season. And to be honest, the only negative thing about Reed coming is he's, he's that he's an ex-spyrite. Other than that, he's a, he's an excellent player. So I, well, I, I can't, I can't, I, I don't. I, I think yes, we've got a lot of midfielders, but I think it just gives us more options and it gives us that flexibility to play different styles of football we can oh hang on a minute come on Nick have a word we know tell him Nigel Clough I know he's not been on the podcast much this season but just educate him that Nigel Clough doesn't play more than one style of football will you I reckon on his tactics board rather than using magnets he uses screws so he just can't move them you know normally managers <laughs> move the move the little move the little things around he asked one of the lads in the office to pin them up for him and they literally physically pin them up so he just can't do any different um, I, just, I thought it was quite interesting when Clive said that Johnson played well having only had half a day's training. That's probably why he played well, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get the memo. Anywhere else. Next week. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see where Mr Wallace ends up. Because I, I thought mean, he had a great game. He played, yes. played really we, well Saturday. Yes. He should be an agenda item. Reed, in the Reed position. And like Nigel said straight away, when Reed comes in, you know, him and Wallace will be vying for that position. I can see only one player getting it Saturday. So where yeah, will Kira Wallace, Wallace move to? I thought no, Kira, right. I am going to start a campaign right at this. I have been saying, I'm, <laughs> Alan, I'm so glad you brought Kieran Wallace up because I'm knackered and I nearly forgot. Kira we don't Wallace, want another red card. <laughs> Shut up, you. One last game. We don't want another one. Look, Kieran Wallace playing CDM, best player at the club. I'm not unreal. He was unreal. There was a, a guy behind me, right? Who would not shut up and was slagging him off all game oh, before dear. the game. It, like in the building, you know, like when you know your Dorsey tones, Mr. Wilson are going 17, Kieran Wallace, or however you, you say it. I can't replicate you. I'm not doing an impression of you. I, I wouldn't, but I, I wouldn't belittle you by me doing that impression. <laughs> um, but when you were reading out the two, oh, bloody Wallace, he's absolute rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was on fire on Saturday, and you know what? I was, you know, I applaud Callum Johnson for getting man of the match. Debut played really well, got an assist, did war right down the right hand side. But how on earth he got man of the match over Kieran Wallace? It's an absolute travesty, absolute travesty. Wallace unplayable. He never yeah, put he a foot he wrong. Have a really good game. To Apart be fair, from getting booked, he never put a foot wrong in the game. Mm. Um, I thought he, he was deserving of Man of the Match award, but you know, sponsors of their own of their own rules on these and, things. And uh, you know, Nick, if you want some extra evidence, Nick, I'll give I'll give you this. We took Wallace off, and uh, within five minutes of it, we ended up going down to ten men because George Maris, who was having a really good game up until that point, playing in that advanced position which he played yeah. so well for for Cambridge um and previously thriving in that role drops back into that deep role yeah. and of course uh, makes makes the error if we'd have not taken Wallace off we'd have finished with 11 men on the pitch and we'd have probably won i, I think he's the only 
you could argue O'Toole, but O'Toole used to play further up. Wallace seems to be happy to just stand there and win the ball and pass it to somebody else. I quite like that. You know, it allows Boateng to go off and do whatever Boateng seems to be doing these days. Maris pushes <laughs> forward. Um, I do, I do like Boateng. I, I, I don't say anything negative. I do like it. I think first half, first few games, he was he was unplayable. Um, but it allows other players to do other stuff. And I, and I, the, the whole season, our midfielders lack creativity because they're all running around trying to win the ball back. Um, and I just think maybe having him might just, you know, if he keep playing, I don't know why he can't play ninety minutes. I don't know if there's a rule. Um, where he can't play, has he ever played 90 minutes? I don't think he has. No, Wallace. I, don't, I, Wallace. I don't think it lasted 90 minutes on Saturday, to be honest. No, with probably you. not. Because, not the uh, he got booked, didn't he? He was certainly putting his foot in where it is, which is yeah. him in my I, I thought he had a great game, and I, he yeah. is very heavily criticized, not quite to the scale of Aikens, but he's up there. I think people see him as one of those Clough signings from Burton, and that's the only reason he signed him, but it's quite clearly not. He just hopefully he's going to play a bit more. Is that why Reed came as well? Well, he's yeah. box, doesn't he? Yeah, of uh, an ex-player. I honestly thought he uh, was was uh, really, really good for us on Saturday, Kieran Wallace. And it came again, Clive, as we yet again tinkered with a new system. We are all talking about what we'd do with Ollie Hawkins not there, being able to play in the front three. Oh, well, what we'll decide to do is we'll go 4-1-4-1. And uh, yeah. Who'd have thought Kieran Wallace as sweeper would be uh, the answer to all our prayers? Do you think uh, Kilgore will be in Saturday instead of Perch? I hope so. Yes. I think he should be. Right, well, it is, it is another question for you then. Who Who is then going to take the captain's armband? Because you've got rid of Ollie Hawkins. Well, you've sold clear. him off. He can't last 90 minutes. No, He'll... no, 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 no. Uh... To be we honest, like if I was to... God for the day and it was my team to pick, I'd have no wing-backs. I'd play 4-4-2 and more, possibly 4-3-3 if we get the advantage. I do. I just think that we don't need the frivolity of the wing-backs which aren't play, who aren't playing very well at the moment. Um, I don't think Mac is on form and I think uh, um, Gordon continues to be a bit of a liability. But that's me. I have to say I'm a little bit old school when it comes to the defensive lineup. anyway. And I think the midfield should be as strong as it can be, given the acquisitions we've made. But mm. I don't know whether, in fact, four-one-four-one was a little bit more complicated than the team could cope with. I mean, it's certainly it's more complicated than most of the spectators could cope with. It shouldn't take you twenty minutes to work out what formation we're playing, should it? It took me <laughs> no, twenty-five minutes. You should look at you should look at the team and go, "Oh, they're playing four-four-two, or oh, they're playing five at the back." It takes me about ten seconds to work out what the opposition's playing. But also yeah. it's like, oh, oh, he's at right wing. What's he doing there? Why, why is Oates over there? Oh, no, he's up front. Oh, no, he's not. He's on the wing. It, oh, where's it, Jordan Bowery it's today? Job. It's a good job Alan doesn't have to shout out the positions at the start of the game, <laughs> as well as the number, because we'd be struggling. Do you know what? It's the first time all season that I've been glad that I'm not commentating, because obviously you've got to paint a picture. And I think at this point of the season, it would be, uh, as the teams were coming out, I'd be listing the team off. And Mansfield Town are playing Christy Pim in goal and everyone else where they bloody well like. <laughs> I think it'll literally be that. Uh, Richard in the comments says, certainly don't think Wallace has played 90 minutes in the league. He was excellent on Saturday. Always looks half decent when he plays, but he's got big issue uh, of always seeming to be injured. Paul also adds about Lewis Page might get a contract if he can get fit again. I think that one's completely dead in the water, especially now we've signed um, Callum Johnson. Um, you know, we 
put Hewitt there. We can put Callum Johnson that side. We can put Perch that side. I don't think we'll Jason Law left back. Listen, here's, here's, here's another thing, right? Yeah. Um, he may well be injured again, but you know, if you're Jason Law, you've seen George Lapsley get sold. You're thinking, oh, hang on a minute, I've got a chance. Bang, no, look up to the stands. Another midfielder coming in. I'll fetch the water, lads. <laughs> They're on a conveyor belt at the back. Of the when one drops out, he just fires another one into the direct yeah. spot. He, he's slipping down the pecking order at Phil Mill faster than Prince Andrew is slipping down the pecking order at the, at the Palace. The views there are of Clive Parkin and not those of Mansfield Matters. Can I, can I just ask anybody who saw the, well, I'm sure we saw it, but who remembered the tackle from Kilgore at about two minutes after I just announced that there were five minutes uh, extra time added on at the end of the match? Where yeah, he so. came out and he actually it just went through, got the ball, but he actually went through the bloke and he just crunched him, left him there in a pile and just like <laughs> carried on. That's what we need. Ollie Clark said the same. I was talking to Ollie Clark on Saturday and he said the same. He said he really we do need that. I mean, know. I have to say, Alan, you're absolutely right. When we had O'Toole, O'Toole in his prime was a thug, and you knew he was a thug, and yeah, and you, you get kicked up in the air. You know, in, in his an prime, it was way. only a year ago. We've seen we've seen nothing of him lately, so presumably he's turned, he's turned, turned very weak and witherish. But I mean, we've got some big players in the <laughs> you side. Tell him that. Do you mean the prime of Richie Sutton? <laughs> We it's have got some prime. big players in our side who are powder puffish by comparison. You know, look at Lucas Aikens. He's a big stropping lad who ought to instill, instill fear in everybody. He doesn't. Really? Boateng instills the fear in nobody. You know, <laughs> these lads have got to be a bit more butch, in my opinion. Oh, no, I just thought that I like the looks of him. That was all. Makes Stephen Quinn the hardest player on our team. Well, he is actually. He, <laughs> he's, he's obviously not, he doesn't carry the weight anymore. And certainly oh. uh, he, he, he runs out of steam earlier. That's the one. You can expect. <laughs> I, I, you know, listen, football's a simple game made ever so complicated, isn't it? If you look, just to pick up on uh, Nick's point, if you look at other teams, you can see straight away more often than not what their formation is. Well, uh, you look at Stevenage, who are having a really good season, unexpectedly good season. You look at their team, you know exactly what he's playing. You can see straight away he's playing with the back four. He's a place 4 4 2 or 4 3 3. Because they've got a manager who knows what the bloody hell they're doing. Well, they've got a manager that's, you know, got a view. Um, and I don't like the bloke as an individual, but you can't, you can't take away from him what he's achieving. At I'd, the take, I'd take Steve Evans back in a heartbeat. I, wow. know, he, I know he did the d- dirty on us, I, mm. but he's, he, he's the. He, he, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. All he's got to do is say sorry. No, I wouldn't, have, I, wouldn't touch, I wouldn't let him in the car park. I don't think he'd have a choice if he wanted to get in, Clark. I think he'd just push past him. What are you going to do, Clive? Stick here on Bowtag and Lucas Aikens on him. Steve Evans to come into the car park. Just close one half of the gate. Mansfield Matters are now applying for a, for a new host. Uh, if you want to get no, they're not. drop us a message. <laughs> No, I've told you before, Cam. You are not hosting this podcast. We're going to get a poll on Twitter. Craig out. Listen, Craig out for that comment. Listen, listen, Cameron. You don't turn up on time, and you don't even notice that you spent the last fifty-five minutes and fifty-three seconds with two princess dolls behind you. 
looking at? <laughs> there are two princess figurines on your shelf. Where? Um, there are. If you look hard enough, you <laughs> will find them. There are two princess figurines on your one? shelf. There was one there and one there, but now there isn't. <laughs> yes, you noticed them halfway through, did you? He's no, playing with them under knew, the table. I, I don't know what he's doing. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> Family show. Can, well. we, can we get back on stream here, fellas? Uh, yeah, if you want. What Craig do you want out. to do? Podcast predict. Shut up, dickhead. Da- Dan- Podcast pre- Daniel in the comments says Craig out and Craig the Judas. Whatever. It's like, you know, it was my birthday yesterday. I'm allowed to. Am I not? No? Oh. Did you have a good birthday, by the way? I'd, well, I did until I was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> People started wanting to get rid of me from my own podcast. Weren't me? I weren't the one that said it. You're fueling it, mate. <laughs> I suspect your own agenda. I suspect this is a, probably a good time to go into the forecast score forecast, Craig. Yeah, yeah, it, it probably should. Uh, yeah, we need, we'll get, we need to. Daniel's laughing now. I, I don't <laughs> know the latest league table. Daniel with a big spoon. <laughs> well, I'll give you. I've told. I told you we'll do monthly updates on that because it means I have to no. do less work. Uh, let's do podcast predictions, then we'll do Nick shirts, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll bugger off. And you know, I'll I'll hand the podcast logins over to Canada. <laughs> Anybody else hear that in the background? No, little violin. Can't he's got his own Shame uh, on Steve you. Evans appreciation podcast. <laughs> oh. I'm, out. I'm out that night. <laughs> bore, bore, bore till I die. No, right, hang on a minute. No, in all serious, in all seriousness, would you not watch or would you not want to be on the panel if we managed to get Steve Evans to do a stag stories to explain his oh, reasons yeah. and asking the questions? We'd need yeah, I'd have that. We'd need full exactly. on security. I'd have that exactly. I just don't want so, him to be involved with our football club anymore. He's an obscene bloke. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! His, oh his touchline oh antics when he was our manager were embarrassing to to the club, and, uh, yeah, and we, the way he left was shameful. And I don't really, wish him any real any yellow cards, I don't That's what I never understood yeah. when we had Evans. He used to get the yellow cards, but the players never did. We hardly got anywhere. Great! <laughs> it was a great distraction technique, and also you knew what formation you were playing every week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was very predictable. Right. I don't, Daniel says, I don't know who's worse, Carton Palmer or Steve Evans. Well, we've had one of them on this podcast. I definitely, show you ha- I definitely wouldn't have him back, but I'd like to hear Steve Evans' story. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Um, podcast prediction, shall we? Let's get us back on track. We've not even talked about the game from Saturday. Let's uh, All yeah. Saturday's game. Northampton away. Um, we all know what happened the last time we went there. What a night that was. Let's hope that we can replicate it again. Cam, you're starting us off with predictions this week. Two uh, one win. Goal time. Four Just pick a number between. Yeah, between one and ninety. That's brave. I know that I we start the second half well. That's very brave. Very very brave. Uh, Alan, you're up next. Two one win. Thirty five minutes. Uh, Nick, uh, I've got me pessimistic pants on. Two one defeat. Uh, fourth minute. Ooh. Ooh. Clive, Ooh. 
We've got a strong start, Al. Strong yeah. start. <laughs> one all, one all draw, 36. Uh, I'm... I've also got pessimistic pants on. I have to say oh, they're not Nick's. They're, they are my own. I own my own pessimistic range. Uh, I'm saying 2-0 uh, defeat. Uh, and oh, uh, the first goal is going to come uh, in the third minute. Uh, and Nathan's oh, not Craig, able to give it. Craig his. being pessimistic. Shock. Uh, Mitchell in the comments says 3-1 win. Danny Johnson, hat-trick, lol. Danny Johnson is not going to play for Mansfield Town on Saturday at Northampton. It's not... <laughs> Happening, and also you need if you want to do your prediction, you have to do it by the link in the description. God, I'm so annoyed. Oh, an hour and one minute before kickoff, remember rules. Yeah, thanks, Cam. Appreciate that. Welcome. Appreciate that. Uh, right, uh, let's break uh, out. End the... <laughs> no, switch Cam him out. off, Craig. <laughs> Cam out. Cam out. Cam's gone. <laughs> I'm going to do one. Oh, it's a dictatorship. This. <coughs> hey, listen. When a you've got the mouse, mate, you're the you're the man in the power. Uh, talking about dictatorships and uh, things like that, you're the man who's dictating where every single former Mansfield Town match worn shirt goes. You've got a theme for your collection again tonight. All home shirts. They're all the same shirt, actually, um, but. It's a, it's this is like dictionary corner, but not quite as um, interesting. Um, so this is the nineteen twenty to twenty one home shirt, and I've got five different versions of it that are all actually different. So to bore you with the details, to yes, please. Standard one, absolutely standard. No, nothing special about it. It was just mine. That was actually when I started collecting them, just had my own. Um, and then I started at one point delving into youth team shirts. So that is a youth team version, which is the same. Exactly the same as the, the fan shirt, but it's the uh, so same material, same everything, different sponsor, different number set, printed by the club, completely different. Um, and then you can't really tell on here, but the player version is completely different because it's mesh. The back of it's all mesh, whereas the one that you pay in the club isn't. That one is from uh, 1920, and that is the uh, just standard league patches and stuff. That's Can I just it's... correct you? You mean 2020? 2019. 2019 to 2020. No, yeah, oh, yeah. Not 1920. I can't afford that. Um, <laughs> this is completely covered in mud. This was thrown to a fan after the game, and I met him in the car park uh, recently. This is obviously from years ago, but somebody messaged me and said, I want that shirt. Do you want it? But yes, of course, so there, it's covered in mud. Um, and then you've got the same league shirt, which is somewhere around here, but the year after, they added the racism patches on, and that is our yeah. good friend, Mr. Cook, on the long list of players that leave us and score goals, which Otis Khan can now join that club, <laughs> scoring every week. Um, and then another player who left us in the same shirt and went on to better things, um, and it's an FA Cup one, and it's Corey O'Keefe. But it's the same. Oh, yeah. So it's five, five versions of the same shirt. I don't think any other versions exist because we don't have the Carabao Cup patches. We don't tend to wear them. So I think they're the only five versions of that shirt that exist. I think. Wow. But I have started being very, very, very boring every evening and going through every game and putting what shirt we wore, goalkeeper shirt and home shirt or away shirt, um, and noticing random things about patches. And it's just so somebody offered me one, I can say, well, I know which game it's from. So it's taking me a while. But I'm now, you, 
you teased on your socials this week a new shirt collection uh, coming soon. You met up with some ex-players and a few others this week. Can we get some clues as to who? And um, The two funny coloured ones were, one of them is a shirt that I think if I show, I haven't got it, it's up to, if I showed it to you, none of you would recall us ever wearing it, but it's a goalkeeper shirt and we wore it twice. Um, it's I think it's the third Mr. Logan shirt that I've got, I think. Mm. It's a purple one anyway. And then I've got a red one, which was Mr. Steck. When he was number ah, one, yes. so that's that was the red one. The white one is a '93 away shirt um, signed by Phil Stan. I don't know why it's signed by Phil Stan because it's number six, and he didn't wear number six. I've got that from a Notts County fan, um, <laughs> and don't, he had it in his wardrobe. No idea how. Um, and then the other one was a ex-manager, and the game that it's an ex-player manager, and the game that it's from is an away game at Barnsley in which Andy White scored a screamer. That's Keith Curl then. It is Keith Curl. So I was so, lucky enough to meet some a Stags fan. I met him in the Sandy Pate actually last week, week before. He um, his dad bought him a box. He wanted to go in a box, um, but obviously Stags don't have them, but Barnsley do. So they went in a box. And as they were leaving, the box entrance takes you past the Stags dressing room. And Wayne Corden was stood there. And as a little kid, he asked for his shirt and he went, I don't know where mine is, but I'll go in and get you one and bring it out. And that's the one he brought out. <laughs> and he's had it ever goes- since. Always a tale to those shirts. He's it's, had it ever there's, since. there's another one that I'd like to get on the podcast. Another ex-manager that I'd like to get on the podcast. I think he'd have a story to tell as well. But let's not delve into that because I don't want to be called a dictator again and uh, <laughs> told to, to leave my own show and all that. So there you go. All is fair, though, in love and podcasts. It's been a great night uh, again tonight. Thanks so much for, for watching, for listening, for getting involved. And thank you, of course, to everyone uh, who took the time yesterday to wish me a happy birthday. I'm still waiting for my uh, birthday ditty from Alan. I'm still waiting for my birthday card from Cam. Still waiting for my present from Clive. And I'm still waiting for Nick to bring round my Kevin Pilkington shirt. So you never know. Boxes. I get... I'll get rid of your boxes that you don't, you don't want. <laughs> I've told you, not, mate. Not, drop... not, not pessimistic pants either. They're different boxes. They are yeah. physical on. boxes. I'll have the ditty for you on Saturday. Uh, live at the one I'm call. Joking. I'm only joking. What, <laughs> what, colour pessim- what colour pessimistic pants do you want, Nick? Because I'm wearing grey at the minute. God. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Keep me I'm not down that room. <laughs> oh, oh, I am delirious. I've been up since four o'clock. I am absolutely delirious. Uh, so there we go. Uh, anyway, let's uh, bugger off and leave you all to it. Any, anyone uh, roll call for Northampton? Are we all there? Yes, I'm going this too. Yes. No, we'll keep going to it. Baby activities. Toddler ah, activities. There you go. Did you, Expensive. What time's the SSA coach leave? Do we know? 11, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, Clive, you've done it. I forgot to plug the SSA, Anna. I think it's 11 o'clock. I, I, I forgot. I think. I forgot to plug the SSA. Alan Wilson, oh, what's the number? Thank you, Dan. 7 and they still do have seats available on their fourth coach. So make sure you text or ring the number, which is, of course, 07967-689-597. And it is, an 11, it is 11 o'clock. And if you get on the same bus as me, Clive and Alan, Alan might play with his balls. Let's leave it there. Um, and we'll see you uh, next week as we talk all things Northampton. And uh, we reflect maybe on some transfers and some other crap in between as well. Also, if you've not had enough of me moaning on about Danny Johnson, listen to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show where they've had me back on again. I don't know why. Goodbye.
Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks, as always, to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel for getting involved and for you guys at home as well for getting involved in the comments or whether you're just listening to the audio version of this and you had a conversation with yourself or got involved on social media. Make sure you follow us on social media, by the way, to find out when we're next going to be live. We're always here for a healthy debate. It's always been the case that you can have your say on your team no matter when you're watching or listening. So make sure you come and get involved. It's been like that for six series now, and it will continue to do the same as well. Talking about doing the same things, make sure you get involved with podcast predictions as we head for Northampton on Saturday afternoon. The link that you need is in the description. And remember, you must submit your answer no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff. We can't let Nathan win again. Can we? No, we can't. Right, that's all we've got time for. I'm off. Make sure you uh, do all the podcast prediction stuff. Give it a like. Share all of the good stuff that you usually do in a podcast. And we'll see you next time on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.